The them is for the scribes and the Pharisees. And Jesus said to them, again, he says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of light. I am so sick of walking in darkness. When you walk in darkness for any length of time, isn't it true how you just, eventually it catches up to you and you realize that the wages of sin is truly death. Welcome, everyone, to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. Light was an important symbol in the Festival of Tabernacles. During the feast, many ceremonies remembered the pillar of fire that gave light to Israel during the Exodus. Now, Jesus took this important symbol and simply applied it to himself. I am the light of the world. To us believers, Jesus revealed himself as the light, and the Apostle John also tells us in his epistle, 1 John 1, verse 7, But if we walk in the light, he is in the light. We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now let's join Pastor Rob with today's lesson. Last time we were together, we looked at John's Gospel, chapter 8, and we looked at the first 11 verses where it talked about the woman who was caught in adultery. And that was a very difficult passage. I think for all of us, because at some point, every, uh, adultery has touched us in some way, all of us in this room. Whether it's by the actual physical act of adultery, or fornication for that matter, or if it was just spiritual adultery, it affects us all, and it ruins, it ruins lives. There's a member in my family who's been married five times, and he's just a few years older than I am. And I've seen firsthand the, 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 the destruction of adultery and fornication, not only in, in that life, but also in my own life. I've seen it um, before I came to Christ. <laughs> but... Um, The Pharisees, if you remember, they were trying so hard to trip Jesus up. They were trying to destroy him. They tried to seek a way to trick him and to have something against him that they might put him to death. Jesus was bad for business. And Jesus is bad for most businesses if their business is not focused and grounded in him. I would encourage you that everything you do, in word or in deed, do all to the glory of Jesus Christ. And you will be blessed. It doesn't mean that you're going to be without hardship. We know that the Bible says that for all who walk godly in Christ Jesus, you will suffer persecution. 
But you will have the blessed assurance that you are right with God and doing what he calls you to do. And he is faithful to take care of you and to protect you and to guide you even during the hard times. He will not leave you nor forsake you even to the end of the age. And I don't know about you, but that's a really great thing. Something we need to remember. But this morning we're going to be looking at this, uh, hopefully finishing the chapter, Lord willing. And uh, we're going to be looking at this passage in verse 12 where Jesus said that he is the light of the world. And I want to ask you this morning, what is it or who is it that keeps you on this narrow path? On the narrow path that you're walking on right now as a Christian, who is leading you? Who is protecting you and keeping you on that path? Is it your own intellect? Is it your schooling, your own natural drive for success? Is it your schooling, your pedigree? Is it your own goodness? Is there anyone who's born good here this morning? I wasn't born good. <laughs> In fact, the Bible has condemned us all under sin, hasn't it? Isn't that a great message you hear on Sunday morning? You know, many churches today, you go and you hear things that just make you feel good. Well, I'm here to tell you some bad news and then some good news, and we mix it all together because guess what? That's the truth, isn't it? That is the truth. The Bible condemns sin. And I am a sinner, and so are you. But we have been forgiven. We have been changed. And we're being conformed right now to the very image of our Savior Jesus, who paid the price willingly laying down his life for us. Who is it that's keeping you on your narrow path this morning? Is it your own ingenuity, your own talents? Well, I can say that it is not. It is Jesus. He is the one who keeps us on that path. In fact, the Bible says that we have this hope. He's the anchor of our souls. The anchor, an anchor speaks of something that's steadfast, unmovable, when I am anchored in Christ, there is nothing that can take that anchor off the seafloor. I remember being out in the Gulf of Mexico many years ago, and you've heard me share this uh, uh, before, but we were away from shore, and the water was fa fairly shallow, only 25 or 30 feet deep, and we threw out the anchor in, in southwest Florida there on the Gulf of Mexico. The, the ground, for the most part, uh, under the ocean is just sandy bottom. And so we threw out the anchor, and we were fishing, and for fishing for a couple of hours, and we had no idea that the anchor was dragging the whole time, and we were several miles away from where we thought, and we were away from land, so we couldn't see. But then we realized later that we were quite a bit off, off, off kilter, if you will. But see, that's, the, that's, the, that's everything in the world. That anchor that's dragging across the sand is everything else in the world apart from Christ. He is your only anchor of your soul. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't hide it. Acknowledge it and rest in it and, and, and rely on him. He is the anchor. Amen? He is your anchor. Never let your anchor, and you don't have to worry about letting it. He, he, he is, his anchor is secure. He is sure. He's not going anywhere. He is the rock of our salvation, the Petra of our salvation. He is the rock that is immovable. And he is the captain of our salvation, the Bible says. I like that. I'm getting awful, awfully nautical this morning. But he is the captain of our ship. My ship was sinking until there was a, until there was a, uh, what's the word I want? A coup, or what do they call it? A, a pirate ship, you guys know this. A mutiny, yes, there was a mutiny, but it was a willing mutiny. I gave up my, my desire, and the Lord took control of the, 
of the helm, and I'm the much better for it, and all of you are as well. But notice in verse 12, Jesus spoke to them. He's speaking to the, the, the scribes and the Pharisees, the very people that brought this woman to Christ, caught in the very act of adultery. Wasn't Jesus so kind to her? Wasn't he so... Um, he wasn't dismissing the truth about what had happened and what was true in her life. No, he didn't dismiss it, but he was merciful. They wanted blood vengeance, and Jesus says, go and sin no more. Meaning, yes, you have sinned, but go and sin no more. And I bet you that woman was very changed from the moment she left Jesus. She was one of his disciples. And now her heart was captured. She was caught in the net. There I am being nautical again. She took the bait when he threw out the hook. And she ran with it, and she swallowed the hook. Deep down in her, in herself, I'm getting really weird now. Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> so, the them is for the scribes and the Pharisees. And Jesus said to them, again, he says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of light. I am so sick of walking in darkness. When you walk in darkness for any length of time, isn't it true how you just, eventually it catches up to you and you realize that the wages of sin is truly death. Certainly it's going to lead to a spiritual death if I don't repent of it, but even a physical death and even death in, the, in, the, in relationships, a death within myself where I don't even have any enjoyment of life anymore because I'm hooked on this and I'm hooked on that and I'm dependent on this and dependent on that and my life is just a complete mess. Can anybody relate to that? Just say amen. Because I was there and I know that for a fact, but when you walk in the light... As he is in the light, we have fellowship with him. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. And I hope you've all experienced that to its fullest. And we will continue to experience this. But Jesus said, I am the light of the world. This is one of the seven different times in the Gospel of John where Jesus is going to use this statement of, I am. I am the bread of life. We saw that in chapter 6. I am the light of the world, he says in this verse. He's going to later on and say, I am the door of the sheep. I'm the resurrection and the life. I am the good shepherd. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. In other words, he's saying everything that a person could need, could desire, I am that. Whatever you need him to be that is genuine, that is real, he is there for you. Didn't he say, I am Emmanuel, God with you? I will never leave you or forsake you even to the end of the age. Is that true or is it not? Is it just some fairy tale that the church has made up? No, he said that. And we know that through experience. Again, not to dismiss the times that we go through hardship. He's still with you. You remember the footprints analogy, right? <laughs> there's two sets of footprints. And then all of a sudden there's one set of footprints. And the guy says, Lord, where were you when I was going through all those difficulties? You abandoned me. You just left me. He says, no, I'm the one who held you. I was walking. And I love that analogy. Again, being nautical again. There I go again. But Jesus is, when he says, I am, there is a significance to this statement. Because what Jesus was doing was signifying and affirming his deity, that he is God in the flesh. And remember, when Moses met the Lord in that fiery burning, that burning bush in the desert... 
Remember what the Lord, uh, what Moses said to God. He says, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your father has sent me to you, and they say to me, What is his name, and what shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus shall you say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Jesus affirming his deity. Whenever you see that where Jesus says, I am, that's in reference to his deity. And we're going to see today, Lord willing, that this is something that the Jews knew very well because they took up stones to stone him when he said it. They knew exactly what he was affirming, what he was saying. They knew very much what he was saying. And this is the theme of the Gospel of John, is it not? These things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and believing you might have life through his name. That's what the whole summary of this whole book that we're reading is, to point to Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of the living God, and in his name we would have everlasting life. But Jesus is the light of the world. You remember in the first chapter of this book where it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God he was in the beginning with God this word whoever that is we know that because you guys have heard me say this the logos the word that's what it means the logos is Jesus in the beginning was Jesus and the word was and Jesus was with God and Jesus was God he was in the beginning with God And without him, nothing was made that was made. And in him was life, and the life, notice, is the light of men. Jesus is the light of the world. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness. Aren't you glad for the light? It shines in darkness. And the darkness didn't even comprehend it. Isn't that a shame when something's so dark and you shine a light, it doesn't even realize the light is shining on it? That is a heart, that is a life that's in very great trouble. When the light is shown on it, it makes no difference. It's become so calloused and the, the conscience has become so seared that it has no effect. The light no longer has any influence on that life. And people are like that. They can hear the gospel over and over again and there comes a point where their heart gets so hard it gets like Pharaoh's and there's, no, there, there's very little hope for that person but for God and what he might break through. But notice in verse 6 of, of that first chapter, it says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear record or be a witness of the light that all through him, all through the him, the light, might believe. And John was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. This light is Jesus Christ, the light of the world. He illuminates our darkness. He takes up residence in, his heart, in our hearts by his spirit, showing us, teaching us, warning us. What are the benefits of light? <laughs> I just jotted down a few. This is by no means an exhaustive list by any means. But without light, we, we cannot see our way through the darkness. You remember what it says in Psalm 110, 105? What does it say? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. 
It's a lamp under it's a it's a lamp under my feet, showing me exactly what's right in front of me, and also showing me the path, illuminating the path, not showing me the the, the full end or all the things that are surrounding, but just keep your eyes focused on Jesus, on that narrow path that you're on. You keep focused on that, and that is the way. He's going to illuminate the path right in front of you, and he's going to be the lamp at your feet and the light under your path. And don't get distracted by everything that's going on around you, because believe me, right now all of us are distracted by something. Is that true? I know I am. I'm not going to lie to you. But without light, we stumble over everything. Unless Jesus illuminates my heart and my mind and my, and my whole being, I, I stumble over everything. Without light, we don't even grow spiritually. Without light, without his light, we don't grow spiritually. You know, I think of plants. You know, physically, they don't grow unless there's light. They need photosynthesis to occur. That process, when the sunlight comes and the, they take the carbon dioxide and the water and they synthesize that and then they produce oxygen as a result of that, that plant needs the light to grow and to function correctly. And we need the light of God's word. We need the light of the Spirit of God in us to do that. Another thing that light does is exposes and it makes everything manifest. It allows us to see things the way they really are. That's what I love about truth. I know what I'm getting every single time. And I love being around people who are truthful with me because I always know where I stand. And they know where I stand. And there's, a, there's an understanding. There's no smoke and mirrors. There's no uh, emotional abuse. There's none of this weirdness that happens in so many families. What's wrong? Oh, nothing. But deep in your heart, you're like, you want to tear their head off. Nothing. Well, why don't you just get it out? Talk about it civilly. Talk. What's the matter with people today? You know, it's so easy to get behind Twitter and on your mobile phone or on your computer or your iPad or whatever it is and just be, you know, crucifying people that you'll never see, you know you'll never see. And and we we do all this communication, but we failed at the, 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 the real communication. What's the matter with us? Let's get back to that. I should hear an amen. I should hear like a clap or just, cl- just to make me feel good. Just clap, will you? Yeah, we need to do. <laughs> no, we do. We need to get back to that. In John chapter 3, verse 19, Jesus said, This is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. This is true. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. Light makes everything manifest, makes everything obvious for us to see. I love that. And the Bible says that the word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from, this, from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of, to whom, of him to whom we must give account. God is, God's word is a light unto us. Do you remember when Christ illuminated your heart? I remember the day. And it was the happiest day of my life. But without the scriptures, without the indwelling Holy Spirit, without Jesus Christ's atonement for sin on the cross, we would be plunged into darkness and there would be no hope for fallen man. And we would all be resigned to misery and hopelessness. And then when our life is expired, we'll spend an eternity in hell. Doesn't that sound like a great thing? No. The light of Jesus, the truth of Jesus Christ is the light of Jesus is light, and he dwells in unapproachable light, doesn't he? In 2 Corinthians chapter um, 
uh, 4, Paul said this. He said, Since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience, notice, in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel, of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God, for it is the God who commanded light to shine out of the darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. He is the light. In Genesis chapter 1, you remember that God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And so the evening and the morning were the first day. Now we go down to the fourth day of creation, and what does it say to us? Remember what I just said. He said, let there be light. Let there be light. And now, down in the fourth day of creation, in verse 14, God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens and divide to divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs and seasons, for days and for years. Let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, which is the sun, and the lesser light to rule the night, which is the moon, And I love this, like a postscript. Oh, he made the stars also. You know, no big deal. Easy. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light to the earth. Now, don't you see a difference between these? In the beginning, on the first day, God says, let there be light. And now, on the fourth day of creation, he creates the the things that give us natural light. So this must be a kind of light that is not necessarily a physical light that we see like this. I believe that that was the very light of Jesus Christ. The very moral, the very spiritual life. In Romans chapter 13, what does it tell us? Paul said to the Romans, And do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Notice, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. He would also say, put on Christ. Put on Christ. Put on light. The same thing. Put on the light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. What an awesome passage. A moral, spiritual light, the very light of Jesus Christ. Go back into our text in verse 13. What does it say? So the Pharisees said to him, You bear witness of yourself, and your witness is not true. And Jesus answered and said to them, Even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true. For I know where I came from and where I am going, but you do not know where I come from and where I am going. You know, Jesus was never, uh, he never had an identity crisis. 
Are you suffering from an identity crisis or going through what we call a midlife crisis? Have you heard of that? Abide in Jesus Christ. Give your life to him and you'll be blessed and you'll be fulfilled. I believe the reason why people have a midlife crisis is because they don't know who they are. That's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of John. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.